You're listening to Dirty Feet, a podcast from No More Radio. Vous écoutez le podcast Dirty Feet sur les ondes de No More Radio. Hosted by, animé par, Alison Burns, J.D. Papillon, et Stéphanie Morin-Robert. Stay tuned. We're going to move you. So the Phenomena Festival is a bilingual interdisciplinary festival that is uh, produced by les filles Electric, and it's been running since uh, 2012. It was kind of birthed from the ashes of the uh, Festival Voix d'Amérique, which ran from 2002 to 2011. So uh, this is this is a festival that takes place mostly in the Mile End, and uh, celebrates kind of atypical approaches to art and multidisciplinary practice and things that are a little bit unique and different. And we're going to be speaking with some people who are producing. Uh, work as part of this festival in 2014. Uh, we've got in studio return guests Salen Simard and Karen Fennell, who are working on a collaboration uh, that's going to be actually as a double bill with our very own Stephanie Morin-Robert. So we're going to talk to her later about me, myself, and I, the revamped kind of movement-infused version. Uh, but for now, we're going to talk to Helen and, and Karen about The Trouble with 21 Realities, which is uh, a mashup between uh, 21 Angus Young, which is a work that Helen has, has presented in the past, and and the work that Karen and um, Jackie Galland are working on currently, which uh, they've done a couple collaborations together so far that you may have seen either at Short and Sweet or Edgy Women. And this is a new creation that they've kind of, uh, or a new creative endeavor that they're they're combining with Alain's uh, creation, as far as I understand it. So, ladies, thank you very much for being here today. Perhaps no, we can clear this up. No problem. <laughs> uh, we're not always sure we understand what's going on either, so, so it's okay. <laughs> Perhaps just uh, because not everybody heard... Uh, did we cover 21 Angus Young? I don't know if I came in to talk about that. We, I know I came in and, and talked, talked with you guys no when we were doing No yeah. Fun. So maybe we didn't talk about it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a very... Um, big project um i'm i'm very obsessed as as can be seen in the work i've been doing for the past couple of years with musicians and movement that musicians produce in playing instruments and singing and doing what they do and i'm really interested in the idea of kind of taking that movement vocabulary and trying to reframe it choreographically to turn it into dance um and so 21 Angus Young was a project uh, that, that I started that was looking at and analyzing and breaking down movements drawn from Angus Young's performances uh, over the past 40 years or so, um, specifically focusing on, on a striptease sequence that he does in the documentary ACDC Let There Be Rock. Um, so it's a film from 1979, and he has this striptease uh, that he does while they play Bad Boy Boogie that he's been doing throughout their career. He still does it today. Um, so it's this very, it's this very grotesque, um, kind of hypersexual, but not particularly sexy, um, striptease moment. I mean, I guess some people must think it's sexy because he's still doing it after 40 years. So then it always gets a great reaction. So we kind of took that as a basis to kind of create this, this crazy interactive, um, piece that has, Anywhere usually between 21 and 30 performers in it, depending depending on the size of the venue we're mm -hmm. in and depending on how many people can show up on a particular day to do a show. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then to get background uh, in in your ongoing collaborations with with Jackie, uh, she is a musician and performance artist, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think she would say performance artist, but she's a musician who um, collaborates with people in a lot of different disciplines and Perfect. and often performs live. Um, so she would, yeah, she's a musician, performer, sound artist, video artist. Great. Do you want to talk a bit about your approach together in, in, in general terms and then about specifically what you want to do for this production? Sure. Um, so, yeah, we've been working together for about a year. Um, and we've done a number of kind of small performances here and there um, and at different kinds of venues. I think similarly to Helen, I um, realized at a certain point that I was just always super inspired by music and by watching musicians perform live and the viscerality of that. And, um, and it became really interested in collaborating with a musician. And when Jackie and I started working together, we realized that, um, we have a cool kind of chemistry together as performers and it's turned into, our approach has turned uh, into a thing which is really collaborative, so we're really both co-creating all of the material. Um, and it's really going between being music and uh, there's a lot of text, uh, so I guess it's more theatrical in certain ways, and then there's also dance and movement involved. Um, and so we, we're working on this this bigger piece that's called The Trouble With Reality, um, we just had a month-long residency this past summer at Studio 303 in which we were researching ideas for that. Um, and so the piece that we're doing with Helen in Phenomena is pulling from some of the material and ideas that we have around that project, um, but is going you know, in a certain direction to, to kind of fuse with, with what Helen's bringing to the table. Um, what else to say? <laughs> um, I think personally, I and I think this is a thing that Jackie and I share. Um, I become kind of obsessed with like just ideas of identity and how we how we define ourselves as people, but also as artists, and also just ideas of authenticity and spectacle and sort of images that artists create of themselves or especially, you know, especially in the world of rock music or pop music, like there's really people kind of develop these sort of iconic images um, or maybe the public develops those images of them. But so we sort of have this through this thread or this through line of, um, of either like kind of blowing up those images or those ideas um, and kind of attempting to weave back and forth between um, between performance modes, kind of going between um, a thing which is a complete falsity, like it is a, we're kind of like creating a fake image or a fake situation, and then kind of going between that and things which are actually really just real and happening in the moment. If that makes any sense. Absolutely. <laughs> it also reinforces that, that your interests... <laughs> 
you have you have your interests are aligned and that you you have a lot of parallels in in the projects as they stand alone uh when it comes to the mashup version that you're to be presenting for phenomena how are you approaching this is this something where you're you're taking you know mostly finished work after the residency and and work that you've presented before and just in patchworking it together are you collaborating on integrating it how does this work um there's definitely you know it's always interesting on any collaboration and it's been really interesting I, i'm used to working I, i'm really used to collaborating with the team of artists that i bring together and also through all the work that i did with solid state for 12 years which was a constant collaborative creation um but what's been interesting about this process is taking something that in a way i felt was a finished product and trying not to do just a patchwork but actually take it apart and say okay well what what can go where and what makes sense with what Jackie and Karen are proposing and what images complement each other or completely create ruptures with each other and how can we try to kind of not create something completely new because it's a lot of work out of nowhere but how can we take this material that was something else and turn it into a new experience for ourselves as as artists and also for the audiences who maybe have seen the work before and think oh I already saw your show so whatever I don't have to see it again I think it's it's a completely different thing um we did make a bit of a structure for ourselves you know that that was fun to just kind of walk in and be like okay what are we going to do okay there's gonna yeah. be this 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 but then all the this is that we laid out have evolved a bit or changed mm. or or gone in directions we didn't necessarily expect when we started rehearsing so it's it's a lot of fun and it's kind of it's kind of crazy <laughs> at the same time but it's i feel like i'm kind of actually shocked at how easily everything is sort of just gelling together yeah like i mean i think i think that was our assumption like we were like okay we both we all have a lot of i like a lot of material that we're drawing from and we're pretty certain that like we feel confident that we're going to be able to like put it together and it's not going to like, we're making an hour long piece, but it's not like we're making it from scratch. Like we're pulling from a lot of things and we've already kind of talked a lot about ways in which we're on the same page and ways in which we feel like our ideas relate. But it, when we were in this, when we've been in the studio, I feel like it's, it's actually been pretty organic. Like we'll just be like, okay, what if we try, you know, taking this idea that we have and then, you know, using, your group of performers to like kind of expand it out in this different way. And it just kind of goes like, Oh, that works. Okay, cool. That's a whole section. Like it's been pretty, it's, it's coming together in, in a really fun way. And I think what I was excited about too, to do this project was to give me a chance to look at the material that we're working on, that me and Jackie are working on in a, in a different way. And, I think it's it's really fun actually to see I mean we just we have a lot of material we have a lot of options and we have a lot of performers so um I think yeah we're we're able to just kind of go in a lot of different directions but it feels like everything makes sense together mm-hmm. and there's a continuity um I I also yeah. find for me um the having another group of people who have their own concept that's clear and their own sections that are clear is actually really liberating because part of the problem with collaborative work often is when you get into the cycle of no and so Mm. someone proposes an idea and then everyone just says no 
no, no, that won't work. No, let's not do that. And and sometimes it's too many people having too many ideas and proposing too many things without ever settling on anything. So everything always has to be completely negotiated because we're collective and we should make sure that (laughs) everyone gets a say in this and everyone has to be comfortable. Whereas there's stuff that Jackie and Karen are doing that's just, that's what Jackie and Karen are doing. And so I'm in a position where I get to respond to what they're doing and see what's there and respect that vision and not try to say, oh, well, it should be like this because this is what I would do. It's like, no, they bring something. So it's exciting for me to say, okay, what does that something stimulate? in me and what links can I make with the work that I'm doing. So, yeah, I feel like it's, it, it's a really nice liberating way of collaborating of saying, I'm going to respect you and you're going to respect me, but let's make sure that the thing that comes out of it isn't just uh, a collage of two visions. Let's try to make something unique emerge for this particular experience. Mm-hmm. And for this particular experience in the Salo Rosa, I know that it's uh, both of your works are very immersive and somewhat interactive, and we're kind of diving into this world of blood, sweat, and tears, and rock and roll. And um, how do you feel that, that does that expand your idea? Does it help? What do you feel about the space, and how does that influence uh, this collaboration in the work and the direction you've taken? Um, I think we're pretty excited to be to have the show at Sala. Um, I mean, it's an awesome venue. And I think another thing that Helen and I are both into is kind of is having the opportunity to present work not necessarily in conventional dance spaces. And the Sala Rosa is more of a music venue. So right away, it's, it's, it's a different kind of vibe in there. And mm-hmm. we're excited a lot about the possibilities of that space. And we definitely plan on... <laughs> pushing the limits of what we can do in that space. Um, I think we're using it in every possible way that we can. Um, And so that's pretty exciting. And I think we're just, we just kind of decided that we're taking risks about the way that we're attempting to use the space and we're confident that's going to work. But we're definitely not just making a show that happens on a stage. Mm-hmm. And and that was really important to us that it not um because I often enjoy it like presenting work that uses theater spaces in unconventional ways because then you're playing with the whole code of what's expected in a theater, what's acceptable in a theater and you get to blow that up. And it was really important to me that we not walk into sala um, and just set up chairs in rows mm-hmm. and perform on a stage because it can, it seems like a complete waste of time to try to turn this mm-hmm. awesome, quirky, live music venue into a theater to then break theatrical codes. I mean, it just, it makes no work. It makes no sense. So instead of doing that, we're really trying to say, yeah, like where can the attention be pulled? Where can the attention be pushed? Um, how can we play with people having this desire of wanting to see something happening on a stage and how can we either please them in that way or completely shatter their expectations of where the performance is taking place and where it's not. It's really one of the things that one of the initial triggers for this whole like obsession with musicians that I have is that I went to see um, Swans. I don't know if you know that band. Um, They're really loud, like really loud. And you have, you have to wear earplugs just to be able to watch the show. It's, it's part of the thing. They're playing music so loud that you, you almost have to like throw up or go to the bathroom. Like it's, you're having that type of physical response to it. And I'm a bit claustrophobic and I tend to stand at the back of a space in shows like that. And during the night, I realized that for me, the show wasn't just what was going on on stage, but the show was all the interactions 
happening in the audience, someone trying to get to the bar, someone trying to get into the crowd but not being able to, someone getting Mm -hmm. pushed out of a mosh pit. Um, All those interactions are part of my experience as a spectator. And so we're trying, I think what we're trying to do is, is make the entire space a performative space as opposed to it being a distinction between this is where... This is where action happens, and this is where you sit as as a spectator and get to be comfortable in your seat and uh, and safe. <laughs> Earlier, Karen, you were talking about the uh, uh, scale, and you're talking about um, making things bigger, and 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 I, I imagine that happens both in the, the number of performers. I mean, we're talking about a huge number uh, of performers in a smaller space, um, and I imagine um, caricature might also be. Uh, part of that scale is there another element there that that uh how do you amplify these these ideas well i think that one thing that we're doing is taking kind of like creating a kind of sometimes some of the sections of the piece we're creating a sort of a, a recognizable scene or scenario um that people could have certain expectations or of or associations with and taking that and either kind of going to an extreme into what people expect doing that, but then also going in a direction that they don't expect. Um, and, but another thing that I think we're doing in this whole work is that I personally really like is we really want to kind of constantly surprise the audience and have them not expect what's coming next. And so we're really going between, I think, between extremes of things and going between things which are really big, which attract a lot of attention, to things which, some things which are really quiet and demand like a, a certain focus. Um, so I think we're kind of constantly, you know, turning the volume like all the way up and then all the way down. And so that, and trying to, I think that Helen and I are both, you know, interested in how we can how you can play with that, you know, and how you can achieve that, like to get, to get people to like go from watching a big crazy thing, which is really in your face to like really honing in on something, which is really more subtle. Um, and it's that whole thing of like, I remember being in choreography school, dance school. Um, and one of the teachers saying like, you know, in order to make people see one thing, you have to show them the opposite. So if you make a thing, which is only, if you're like, I'm interested in, you know, I'm interested in work that's really dramatic, but you only ever show the really dramatic and everything stays vibrating at this same frequency, then at a certain point you don't see that anymore because you just become, like, normalized to it. Um, and I think that's a thing that really stuck with me, and so I'm always I'm interested in, like, in how to really kind of swing between extremes um, which is which is a way also of creating sometimes confusion, um, which creates attention. Because yeah. um, it was one of one of the musicians I work with, um, Ted Yates, who's in the band Dead Messenger, who I often collaborate with. He was saying, you know, one of the only things that makes us uncomfortable anymore is not understanding what's going on, um, because performance has just provoked and pushed everything so far. You know, like. Uh, after after the 90s, after Bob Flanagan, after Gigi Allen, like there's not much more left you can do in performance. You know, once once you know you die on stage and, and your funeral becomes a performance type of thing, like provocation has been pushed to its edges. And the only way we tend to engage or provoke people now is perhaps by confusing them. <laughs> um, and when you're 
it, I, I often find when I watch shows, um, dance performances, if I figure about like 20 minutes in that I've understood, I completely shut off as a spectator. Yeah. And then often you're stuck there for another 40 minutes twiddling your thumbs being like, yeah, yeah, I got it. And the, and the show might be fantastic, but you've disengaged and you're not trying to get into that world anymore. And I think a bit of what we're trying to do is create this instability or, or confusion or chaos um, with an accumulation of, of materials. So we're working with movement, we're working with text, we're working with sound, we're working with silence, we're working with stillness, um, we're working with the environment. So by putting all these things on top of each other and having accumulation and then that's it, sometimes just pulling the rug completely out from under you and taking it all away, and having space and pause and breath, um, you kind of create this environment where it's like, well, what's, what's happening? And as soon, I'm always really excited if someone's like, what's happening? I don't understand. I'm like, <laughs> yes. Because, you know, in the end, there's, there's nothing to understand, really, is the fantastic part. But at least you're sitting there thinking about it as, as opposed to, to being blasé. And I think at the same time, like, I think we're definitely also giving people the chance to be satisfied, you know, like there, you can watch a section and be like, oh yeah, I was really drawn into that. I get it. Like that happened. Okay. But then I think what the thing is that we're trying to do is that people think like, oh cool. Okay. I get it. This is what's happening. This is where this is going. And then it goes, no, in a different direction. And then you sort of have to keep kind of recalibrating your attention. Um, but at the same time, I think we're offering things which, like people can get a sense of satisfaction, like they get into a thing and they do get it and it completes itself. Mm-hmm. Um, what is really fun too in this collaboration is um, the fact that, well, it's, it's kind of, it's like a, it's a collaboration of like two collaborative <laughs> projects. So it's like a meta collaboration. <laughs> um, but, um, but just the fact that, you know, we have Helen and I are coming from dance and then Jackie and Roger and the band are coming from music. Um, there's just, there's a lot of different, you know, we see things in different ways and have different things to propose. And, um, it's cool to be able to, to perform in Sala and to have, you know, quite a few options with the sound. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of things that you can, can do when you're working with, you're working with sound, you're working with movement and going back and forth between like, what is the main focus? What is the main thing that's drawing attention? Is it bodies in the space? Is it sound coming through the speakers? Is it sound coming from different places? Is it the band singing a song? Like there's, there's a lot of different options of things that can happen. (laughs) I think we're all thoroughly intrigued and uh, also (laughs) out of time. (laughs) So, they also sell drinks at Sala. So, okay. like, if you don't like the show, you can just sit you there and You can just and get drink. really drunk. <laughs> it's totally cool. <laughs> Is heckling encouraged in this production? Yeah, you know, that's like, yeah, I mean... I, as long I, as you don't hurt any of the performers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have standards, people. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Like, don't throw any beer bottles at us or anything. <laughs> you, you could do that in my piece. <laughs> so 
we've been speaking with Karen Fennell and Helen Simard, who are collaborating with Jackie Gallant on the show, The, the Trouble, Trouble with 21 Realities, <laughs> which is a double bill with me, myself, and I being presented at Sala Rosa here in Montreal on the 23rd of October at 8 o'clock. Doors open at 7.30. Thank you both so much for being here. Thanks, guys, for Thank having you. us. of our show we're going to be talking about the other half of this double bill that is being presented as part of uh, Festival Phenomena so we just discussed the trouble of 21 realities now we're going to talk about me myself and I which is Stephanie Morin Robert's uh, show you presented this at Mainline uh, earlier this year mm-hmm. uh, as a um, more of a one-woman show with movement in it. And as far as I understand it, this version is going to be a lot more movement-heavy, correct? Uh, yeah, a lot of underlining the performance element of it a lot more. Um, I think when throughout the residency I had at Mainline Theatre, um, my main focus, other than for Body and Light, was uh, to create this one-woman show based on my childhood memories and in these stories because I've uh, recently developed a very uh, a very big interest for storytelling and the use of words and seeing that as an extension of the body and all of that. So I really did this like 360 spin of doing a show that was pretty much, I would say, a good 90% storytelling, um, which was really challenging because I, I often feel like I'm not very good with words and, and just like when you get stressed out at, at, you know, the stutter and all of that and having worked through that was actually really rewarding. And um, so now I have this show with stories that I know are interesting because people seem to be reacting to them. Um, and uh, for this second chance to stage the work is, is uh, I think, going to be a lot of fun because through those stories and, and those elements, um, I'm going to just create a structure and let myself go. And, and I'm not really sure what exactly is going to happen, but I do know... Um, the direction I'm hoping to take with it. Uh, so I'm using projection and uh, a video camera, uh, which for me is, is, uh, has a pretty big signification because I uh, would always hate having my, take, my picture taken or, or being on film when I was young because of how different my eyes looked compared to everybody or like the, the shine of the flash not quite uh, reflecting off uh, the same way. So I think it's an element that will help me be um, help me dive into a much uh, more vulnerable state. Yeah. For we didn't cover the first showing of this work, and and also for listeners that perhaps are just tuning in for the first time, uh, it's me, myself, and I E Y E for the very reason that you have mm-hmm. a glass eye. Yeah. And that is the, the news is out. <laughs> <laughs> I have a glass eye. Um, I know I've mentioned it during other interviews or, or I realize that it is a pretty big part of me, but I forget about it because for me, 
this is what's normal. You know, this is what's familiar. And um, since I've always been this way, but to put our listeners into context, um, I was diagnosed with retinoblastoma when I was two years old. So they removed my eye in order to save my life um, because that was the only thing that was possible at the time. I think now where technology is and where science is that they could have probably saved uh, the eye. But then in the 90s, uh, they weren't able to. So, uh, so here I am. I have a glass eye, and I'm doing a show about it. <laughs> uh, so, I, I think it's about moving forward and moving past those really uh, difficult times of of being bullied and having to face that reality of everyone seeing me as a different person. And it's not really something that happens anymore as an adult because we're all mature, and that's not something that happens. Um, but when when I was younger and in primary school. It was it was a thing, you know, whether you wore glasses or you had a prosthetic hand or you were in a wheelchair or you were overweight or you had acne or, you know, there's all these things that made you stand out and, and made you vulnerable and, and made you um, a victim of, of either bullying or, or uh, low self-esteem, I guess. So I think I'm just laughing about those things. And trying to ba- break that stigma and that taboo around like what bullying is, and because there's actually s- something quite charming about overcoming that and and becoming a stronger person, but also understanding uh, that these things about us that make us vulnerable are actually what make what make us who we are and what make us stronger people. It's a superpower. <laughs> So I've seen you tell uh, some of these stories that that comprise the the larger piece in in, uh, storytelling events like Confabulation. I've seen the piece itself uh, when you presented it at Mainline. Um, What is the instinct that had you apply for phenomena and infuse dance and projection into the work and kind of create, add, add some disciplines to it? Yeah, I think that a really interesting thing about doing project applications is that you always have to project a few months ahead of time or even a year before it actually happens. Um, so I think about six months ago, you know, wrote this application of like, yeah, I think in November I'll probably want to do a show or, you know, I need to constantly be booking my agenda up with performances and, and having material and being excited about revisiting it. And because um, I think what I presented at Mainline was to me a work in progress in this first step of something I wanted to continue to develop because a, a show that is about myself kind of changes as I learn things and, 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 and make my way through life. Um, so I see these stories kind of shifting and changing as I figure out those gaps between um, interpretation and, and a better understanding of them. It's it's interesting because we were ta- we talked to, uh, having just spoke to Karen and Helen about their work, and this kind of meta of collaborations and all these people getting involved and this mashup and all these ideas. I feel like it kind of made me feel like, oh my god, I'm really all alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think, but I think that's a good thing because this is really about. It's really about having this intim- intimate moment with the with the audience and sharing a story, um, whether it's through movement, uh, images, or or actual storytelling. 
And before we started recording, Helen was talking about, you know, her her desire to be in a double bill with somebody whose work would would make sense next to hers. And uh, it sounds like she was satisfied with the pairing. Uh, can you reflect at all at, at how, other than overwhelming by, you know, the 31-odd people that are going to be on stage for her performance, um, what about, you know, what we just heard described is relates to what you're doing? Um. It's funny because it, it kind of comes back to what Karen was saying about these going from one extreme to the other, these contrasts and of, uh, you know, something playing something very loud and overpowering and overwhelming and then taking that away and going to silence. So uh, to me, the contrast is that in that is quite lovely. And I think that uh, it will probably, you know, once their piece comes on, it will really be surprising and in a whole different energy and uh and for me it's 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 nice to to be able to start off from from a very neutral place because i think going after their piece would be would be a challenge and would be really different and could probably work um but yeah there's something really uh it'll make me it makes me shy it makes me feel uneasy it makes me feel um nervous and and i think that's perfect because that's what this this piece i'm presenting that's really what it's about it's about being in that in that situation you know well you all seem very uh eager to explore the the authenticity of your performance as well mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's about being real yeah <gasps> Well, Stephanie Moret-Robert, thank you so much for speaking to us about your piece uh, that's going to be presented as part of Phenomena. That's Me, Myself, and I. And again, this is a double bill. It's playing on the 23rd of October at Sala Rosa here in Montreal at 8 o'clock. Also happening this week that I did want to mention because we're all excited about it. It's it's a double bill happening as part of the Danse Danse season. It's at uh, Cinquième Salle. It's uh, the Wants and Needs uh, production Chorus 2, which is choreographed by Sasha Kleinplatz. This has been presented a couple places around the city. Um, I present, it was presented at the Mai and at Bay Saint-Michel yeah, at some yeah, point. The uh, there was also Tentacle Tribe, Nobody Likes a Pixelated Squid. And this uh, was seen at Tangente uh, a couple years ago as part of a, a larger evening with different works and uh, we had them on and they're just super cool people so we're really stoked for that double bill which is happening uh this week so i guess that's it for dirty feet for this episode and we'll speak to you again soon peace (laughs) night after night day after day (laughs) dirty feet is recorded every week at the montreal improv theater check them out at montrealimprov.com Dirty Feet est produit et animé par Produced and hosted by Alison Burns J.D. Papillon et Stéphanie Moret-Robert You can find out more about our show at nomoreradio.com Follow us on Twitter at Dirty Dirty Feet and find us on Facebook at Dirty Feet Podcast Vous pouvez écouter tous nos épisodes sur notre site web ou vous pouvez vous abonner également sur iTunes à notre podcast Listen to past episodes on website or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes While you're there, be sure to give us a rating and or leave a comment to help us spread the word. Tune in next week for a whole new show.